Welcome to the Young Woman Podcast. This is a podcast for ambitious young women. I'm your host, Elise O'Halloran, and this episode is in collaboration with Ice House Ventures, a venture capital firm backing Kiwi founders with unique insights building global companies. In this series, we are speaking to brave and innovative female founders and investors, sharing their success stories, ambitions, learnings, and advice, leaving you ready and inspired to achieve your big dreams and goals, whatever they are. tapping into the creative side is that they think they don't have the time so and I, t- I say this from personal experience um, times where I haven't produced for maybe a few months or feel really stressed when I have a, a show coming up and I've got my nine-to-five job um, yeah I almost feel like I'm, I'm so pressed for time but in reality you can make time for things you just have to manage your other hobbies and interests and um, make time if it's a priority. Thank you so much for joining me today, Lauren. It's very exciting to have you on the podcast and I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit more about the really interesting work that you do. So you are currently the network manager for Archangels, but could you take us back to the start and talk us through how your career working in the startup scene started? First of all, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I'm a huge fan and it's an absolute pleasure to be on here. And I've always been passionate about startups. I worked part-time for Crimson Education when I was uh, at university. I was in the marketing team and it was so exciting watching a startup grow um, at that rate um, and that speed and at that pace and being surrounded by such ambitious, uh, driven people. So when I got a taste for that and looking at Jamie lead an incredible team, I sort of just developed a natural affinity towards startups and a high growth one like Crimson really, um, I guess, propelled my interest even more. And um, after graduating university, I ran a few e-commerce stores online. And so I sort of dabbled with uh, entrepreneurship, I suppose you could say. I wouldn't call myself a founder, but it was more um, just getting a taste with being a business owner. And so I had that drive in me of wanting to own my own business and uh, have that autonomy and get creative. And then eventually, uh, when I sort of finished doing that, I was put in touch with ISAS Ventures about a role of managing um, an angel network that would exclusively invest in women. So that's called Archangels, and I guess I'll talk about that a bit later on. Um, And yeah, that's how I knew I found sort of my dream job. That's amazing. That's so interesting to hear that you had worked in startups and you've also experienced you know, running your own stores and stuff like that too. It's always so interesting people's different experiences and how that's led them to where they are today. So what has your experience working in venture capital been like? I mean, what have been some of the highlights, but also what do you see as some of the challenges for young women in this space at the moment? So there's quite a few challenges, but I'll start with the highlights. I've absolutely loved working with a variety of ambitious, driven and creative founders. 
uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to see women work away at their dream, essentially, and watch them grow their startups. And that basically gives me so much fulfillment uh, with my job. Through my work, however, um, and it's very mission-driven what I do, which is helping raise funds and uh, provide access to capital for women, I do see a lot of the challenges they face in the startup ecosystem. So uh, females do not have the same opportunities to access capital or embark on their entrepreneurship journey the same way that men do. So it's harder for them to raise money and find support. A lot of this comes down to just general misogyny that exists, and unfortunately, but also more specifically, women are subject to unconscious bias. So what that means, um, unconscious bias, there was a study done and it showed that women are more likely to be asked prevention questions when asking for uh, investment by a VC firm uh, versus promotional questions, uh, which men were asked. So an example of that would be VCs would like to ask women quite negative questions such as how you protect yourself from competitors or how you prevent yourself from failing. And male founders were asked positive uplifting questions like what does growth look like in 10 years time? And so yeah and that led to statistics such as globally last year less than three percent of venture capital funding went to women-led startups. So there's these biases that exist, there's some misogyny, uh, overall challenges. But despite all of the above, um, women, women are actually more capital efficient. So they have proven to uh, perform better. They're better with their money, better with their spending. And there's more, there's so many reasons to invest in them and back them and support them. It's amazing. It's really interesting, isn't it? And I guess it just shows the importance of having funds and people doing work like what you're doing, you know, specifically dedicated to actually giving women more opportunities in this space. Um, So could you talk us through what your current role actually is and some of the work that you're doing to help create these opportunities for female founders and investors in New Zealand? I run Archangels and Archangels is an angel network that exclusively invests in New Zealand women entrepreneurs. So how we operate is that we get together once a month, like a membership organization, and we hold investment evenings. And there's about 50 investors in the room. And what they all have in common is that they want to invest in women and back them. And so we'll have maybe four to five pitches uh, by female-led startups. And so my job is to actively grow this network, so find more investors that are aligned with this mission, and also both men, and that could be men and women, and then also find some really exceptional, aspirational female founders to come along and pitch. So that growing community and fostering that is really important to provide those investment opportunities on both sides, because one is creating alignment and the second one is well actually flowing capital uh, through to these female founder businesses. And second to that, I um, have helped raise, manage and invest the Archangels Fund. So last year, we set out to um, raise New Zealand's first fund that would exclusively invest in women. And the goal was $2 million and we surpassed it to 2.8 million, which was really exciting. And that has, um, it's pretty much fully deployed now into 31 uh, female-led companies. And so the fantastic thing about the first Archangels Fund was that 
it was a great source of capital for 30 female startups because it was criteria driven or passive so that meant that if a particular startup met certain criteria they were essentially eligible for a $100,000 check from us and so this year for 2022 we are raising the second Archangels Fund and it's got a target of 10 to 20 million dollars uh, the cornerstone investor is Teresa Gatting which is super exciting to have her on board and have her support and so far we've already surpassed uh, 3.5 million so it's already bigger than the first fund and we haven't even properly launched it um, and that will invest in around 50 uh, women-led startups versus 30 so it's materially bigger it's going to make more of a significant impact on the ecosystem it will lead rounds it will follow on um, and just be generally more active so this means that we are backing women from day one and continuing with them on their journey. That's amazing. Congratulations on already the success with the fund. And so I think there's just such a like, appetite for this at the moment as well. You know, there's so many women doing some fantastic things. Um, and I mean, you must meet some amazing women through the work that you're doing too. Absolutely. All the time. I am so, so grateful to have met incredible women that inspire me every day to keep doing what I'm doing and make me driven I suppose to keep ensuring that they are supported and that they have opportunities that are equal to uh, their male counterparts so there's Fia Jones for example she's 22 years old she's the uh, CEO and co-founder of Asterix Astronautics so they make uh, uh, small power systems for satellites in space and She's a female founder who has overcome a lot of challenges. She has uh, hustled her way through to getting support from Peter Beck from Rocket Lab, and she is leading up a team now and is about to send her first prototype and launch it into space. So she's just one example of an exceptional young woman paving the way for other women in the future, and it's just amazing to have her in my network and as a friend as well. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. That's so good. It's so great to hear those stories of young women who are out there, you know, making it happen. Um, and especially in New Zealand too, because it inspires all of us to to go after those big things that we're, we're dreaming of. Um, so what would one piece of advice be that you would give other young women listening who want to start their own business venture? Do not be afraid to take the leap into entrepreneurship. If you have an idea and you want to execute on that, then please just go for it. Don't let the challenges and those stereotypes out there prevent you because if you start to network and meet people, you will find those uh, supportive people that will help you on your journey and uplift you at the end of the day. Also, yeah, just network as much as possible at the start and very quickly you'll filter out the people who are not going to benefit your uh, startup journey. And then you will find investors or mentors or advisors who are willing to stay with you no matter what. And networking is something that a lot of guests say is so key, but it's often something that I think we really struggle with as women to, to do well. And I think we're getting a lot better at it. But um, what have you found really helped you with the networking side of things in your career? So 
when I started a year and a half ago, I knew absolutely no one in the startup ecosystem. But very quickly, I learned that it was very, very small. And so it started off by just one uh, coffee with an investor or a founder. And I would ask them to introduce me to someone else who, you know, had alignment um, in what I was doing. So, you know, if I was speaking to an investor, I'd say, do you know anyone else that likes to invest with their gender lens and is passionate about helping women and you know most likely they they knew people so um, it was all about actively seeking other people to network with Um, also having a LinkedIn presence that's quite strong is also very important so I write blog posts um, every every few months and they're they're on a variety of topics some of them are centered around women in entrepreneurship some of them are more general about venture capital and startups but I've noticed that they kind of bring uh, kind of lead people my way or um, they can be quite a useful source um, to expand my kind of online community or, or network and then who knows I might meet them in person yeah yeah that's really great advice and I it's, think it's just important to putting yourself out there which can sometimes be a bit daunting to do but the benefits of that are, are huge aren't they Absolutely. I just had to put myself out there 100% and have full confidence that I would meet the correct people and be navigated uh, in a good direction, even though I knew nobody. And it didn't take long to, you know, start to meet the key people. Those key people go on to help me. And, you know, a year and a half later, we have formed a really positive relationship. And that's that's the key part to it yeah that's so great Lauren that's really inspiring to hear about the amazing work you're doing and equally as inspiring is that on the side of your amazing career you also are a DJ and music producer um so could you talk us through a little bit about the work you do here sure I love this question um I am an electronic music producer and songwriter under the name Lauren Jin I've been producing music for almost two years now and so uh, it's pretty heavy electronic music. The subgenre is called trap or future bass. And I actually have um, a song coming out next Friday, March 11th, um, which is being premiered on George FM. And uh, that's the first song of the year, um, which I'm super excited about. And so prior to that, I have been DJing for the last six years. So since I was 20 years old, um, I've played at some of New Zealand's major festivals like R&V, uh, Splore, which unfortunately was meant to be just on the weekend, but um, that was cancelled because we're in, we're in the red. Um, Electric Avenue, uh, Bay Dreams, yeah, and, and a few more and, and done a few gigs overseas. And yeah, I, I absolutely love what I do. It allows me to have a creative outlet and um, essentially kind of escape everything that I do kind of um, in my day-to-day and just focus on producing a body of work um, that's inspired by you know the music that I love and listen to and I can I draw parallels often working as a woman in VC and also as a female music producer or DJ I mean they're both male-dominated industries Um, I am also operating quite a male-dominated genre as well you know, the, the heavier electronic uh, music is sort of more, uh, I guess, 
yeah, I find more more males kind of like like that uh, music. And so, yeah, I try and lead by example as a minority. So I purposefully collaborate with other women vocalists on my tracks. Um, and that's me trying to do my part to increase diversity in the music industry the same way that I do in the venture capital or startup uh, world. That's so inspiring, Lauren. I love that because I think you're just really breaking the molds for, you know, like you said, an industry which sometimes more male dominated. You're really making your mark and, and doing it in your own way. And I also was really inspired when I was researching and preparing for our podcast because I thought it's really great to see you've got such a successful um, career, you know, working in VC, but on the side, you're also doing, you know, following your passions and being really successful with that. And I think a lot of times people can think they've kind of got to have one or the other um, and, you know, sort of put themselves in boxes. It's either I'm a professional or you know, I'm a creative, but actually we're, we're all both. And often we don't let ourselves explore that creative side as much. I know I definitely find my creative side flourishes with my podcast. And I think um, it's just really important to, to still explore that. So I guess what would your advice be to people who, sort of feel like they're maybe not tapping into their creative side as much as they they want to I think they should definitely go for it and let themselves be as creative as possible I think what hinders people tapping into their creative side is that they think they don't have the time so and I, I say this from personal experience um times where I haven't produced for maybe a few months or feel really stressed when I have a, a show coming up and I've got my nine-to-five job um, yeah, I almost feel like I'm, I'm so pressed for time. But in reality, you can make time for things. You just have to manage your other hobbies and interests and um, make time if it's a priority. So I encourage everyone to pursue your creative passions. They, they're what helps us stay level and grounded and balanced. Um, they're also an escape, I suppose, from your yeah nine to five uh, job and that's not a bad thing but I think it's just good to um, you know almost cleanse your palate and refresh and then go back to whatever you're doing and so one thing I've realized over time is that you can't have it all like I can't be a full-time musician and go on tour while also uh, raising a 20 million dollar female fund in New Zealand like I've accepted that's not going to happen so music is very much part-time for me and happens on the weekends or in the evenings and so just yeah I think accept that you can do your creative things on the side um take it as seriously as you want or don't put too much pressure on it but as long as you enjoy it and you're having fun then you'll always be good at it great advice Lauren I think you're just setting such an inspiring example um for other young women on you know just being yourself and um being authentic and following your passions so thank you so much for sharing all of that with us and if people would like to follow you online, where is the best place they can connect? Uh, thank you so much for having me. And uh, if you want to sort of follow my VC life and uh, read about my blogs and um, what I get up to, then on LinkedIn, um, just Lauren Fong on LinkedIn. If you want to listen to my music and follow my other sort of life that I live as an electronic chat producer, then uh, I'm Lauren Jin on Instagram and on Spotify uh and yeah facebook and, and whatnot 
It's great, Lauren. It's so good. We'll make sure we include all those details in the notes for the podcast as well. Um, and thank you for joining us. We look forward to keeping an eye on all of the amazing work that you do. Thank you so much, Elise. It's a, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much, Lauren, for joining us on the Young Women podcast today. I know I was so inspired to hear about not only the incredible work that you're doing in creating more opportunities for female founders, but also hearing about you pursuing your passions as a DJ and how you find time to also do this as well. It was really great to speak with you and I hope that everyone listening also found it inspiring. And if you'd like to stay up to date with the latest Young Woman podcasts, then make sure you follow us along on Instagram and keep an eye out on Spotify for the new episodes coming to you soon.